Why, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Now listen, the cruise is just about to start. Let me fill you in on a few details if you've never been here before. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that we help you grow closer to Jesus every day. Now, you might be wondering why it's called Biblical Chili. You see, around this table, we have people from all walks of life. Different histories, backgrounds, different futures, even different religious views. But even with all these differences, that shouldn't hinder us from carrying on a conversation. And you stepped in at a good time, too, because the Chili Crew is walking through the Bible from cover to cover. And right now, they're in the book of Exodus. Moses talking to a burning bush, plagues, Exodus out of slavery, and the Ten Commandments. Woo! This gives me the collywobbles just thinking about it. Last week was Exodus chapter 7, and it was a river of blood. And not just a river of blood, everything that was water turned into blood. God was tearing down in the Egyptian mind. His name is Kanum, uh, guardian of the Nile, Hopi, which is the spirit of the Nile, and Osiris, which is the Nile. The Nile is the blood of Osiris. And the reason we brought that up is because God himself, the Judeo-Christian God, is trying to show the Egyptians his power because that's the only thing they realize right now about gods is which one is more powerful. And God is trying to, the heaven, the God of heaven is trying to tear down these gods to say, hey, listen, I'm the one you need to be spreading your attention upon. But I believe Tom is going to be starting us out, though, in chapter 8. Seven days passed after the Lord struck the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on your whole country. The Nile will teem with frogs and everything will croak. I'm sorry. 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 <laughs> that wasn't in a guy's mouth. We'll teem with frogs. They will come up into your palace and your bedroom and onto your bed, into the houses of your officials and on your people and into your ovens and kneading troughs. The frogs will come up on you and your people and all of your officials. Is that the birth of frog legs? Is that the birth I was of thinking frog- that. I was like, <laughs> you know what? They go into the kitchen. They're on the stove. Does that mean they actually committed suicide? Like, like, is uh, that what's going on? W- 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 during the preheat cycle, when they check to see what, you know, when the dinger goes off and they go and they check, like, there's, a, there's, a, there's frogs in the oven. Shall we throw them out? Let's try them. <laughs> Why does it smell like chicken in here? Oh, wait. What is this? Um, um, chicken. If I understand this correctly, though, the Egyptians actually thought the frogs to be very sacred. Correct. And that's why this is such a, a legitimate plague because... Imagine having everywhere you walk, you're going to literally crush and kill a frog. And if you consider frogs to be something very special, something sacred, almost almost to a religious point, I'm, I'm certain many of them did. This would be terrible. Oh, I mean, yeah. th- this would be like invading all of there's a, there's many other countries out there that have like sacred animals or right. animals that they hold very, very high esteem. Like, let's say there's a, a country out there that held monkeys to be a very high esteem. Imagine millions of monkeys covering an entire country or an entire land, that would be so, it would just be terrible for them. So having the Egyptians be in that position and having 
the my thought process is if I was an Egyptian and had that level of of respect or reverence towards this frog and they're everywhere and they're all over they're on my head they said they're on thy people right it's like on us and and in the kitchen and everywhere it almost makes me think of some of those people in society that are so afraid to walk out of their bedroom or 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 get out of the corner they're like in such fear of 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 you know a disease or something that they don't want to move they're like they're shut into their house they don't want to go outside they got to do all these things i can just see the egyptians having this total like shutdown of, of like what what do we do where do we, where do we go uh uh i can't step here i can't go there i can't do this i can't do that like what do we do i uh, that would just totally terrify me call miss piggy you know i call miss piggy i would that, that would terrify me it really would it, it would just be that would be horrifying if i was in that position and had a had a reverence towards that quote-unquote animal or whatever it was and had that level of bombardment from that like you would almost feel that that was a curse upon you personally like this thing is all of a sudden it's this thing that i respect and revered is now going against me and it's all because of this other god so this other god is telling it what to do and i revere so this other god is so powerful it's telling this this being to take over our world that would be like what right and in speaking of the other gods and i know we're we're just we're only like four verses in here <laughs> but this is i i wish i could show you guys this i know it's a podcast but this is heck heat h-e-k-h-e-t and this is a goddess with the frog with a head of a frog the goddess of resurrection the wife of the creator god kanum the divine midwife so kanum was also the god or guardian of the nile god was reaching in to exactly where the egyptians were and touching them where it matters their gods were so a part of their life a part of their existence and here is the creator god coming down and saying god of the nile or these different gods of the nile okay i'm going to strike that okay you you saw that right okay so let's go to the next one and then get oh what comes out of the nile frogs right right i'm just saying we got to think this through from the egyptians mindset because and, and God isn't trying to, like, beat them down. That's not what he's trying to do. He's trying to debunk everything that they have falsely wrapped their their entire life around. And now, all of a sudden, they're, they're looking around and they're they're questioning their own existence. They're questioning their, their entire culture just with these couple of plagues. And we still got a whole, what? four chapters more <laughs> right <laughs> right and that's that's exactly that's exactly it i mean god's trying to reach these people right and trying to help them understand that he is god just like uh just like he did with nineveh you know he was trying to reach the people where they were in reference to hey let me let me come to you from where you think your gods are and let me help you understand who you got who your gods worship right <laughs> Con Go ahead, Tom. Continuing on, verse 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, because you didn't want to yourself, stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams and canals and ponds and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. 
So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land, but the magicians did the same things by their secret arts, and they also made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, "Pray to so hold the Lord. on. Did they just make the problem worse? Oh yeah, I, brother, don't don't get me started. I have every time I talk to my kids, I always use this illustration in the Bible, and I gotta say this every time, every single time, I say, "What does the devil do in every situation in your life? He will always make the situation worse. He will act like he's gonna make it better." But he will turn and make it worse so every to, single time. So in to this puff thing. themselves up to 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 save their God's face, like to save face within their God, yeah. they're summoning quote unquote. I'm putting a quote air quotes here, summoning more frogs. That's making this this whole thing Force. worse. And every Anything if you look you through, can do, I can do better. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you look through this whole this whole uh, uh, historical reference here of all these things that happen. It really impacts on the flip side. The devil can mimic, but he can never create. So he can copy what God does, but he never can create his own. And it all comes down, boiled down to it. The devil really tries hard to say, oh, well, look what I can do. Look what I can do. But he never fixes the problem. He always makes it worse. So he'll he'll he'll. He definitely copied things, but he never fixed the problem. To me, it would have been like, oh, you guys created frogs, brought them out. Yeah, yeah. Watch this. I'm going to make them disappear. He didn't do that. No, he made them worse. And it just created more problems for the people. And it does this. I, You guys listen and pay attention as we go through these. Every single time, the devil just created a bigger problem out of the situation. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Pharaoh got it. He was like, Will you at least pray to get them gone? <laughs> Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs, except for those that remain in the Nile. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said. Well, I, I, I think it's just amazing that Moses, not, not even Moses, let's set Moses aside. Moses is just a messenger of God, right? God is coming to Pharaoh. For all intents and purposes, God's coming to Pharaoh and say, okay, you tell me when you want them gone. Once again, God is trying to prove himself in a very real, and in this, in this case, a personal way. You set the time frame now. You set it. Okay, so in other words, in, in a very, like, by, like a kind of, like, passive way or indirect way, Pharaoh is actually praying to the God of creation and setting the, like, I just... God will do this in our own lives to try to in many in many times and I, I know I've, I've I've heard pastors say this when you look at a a new Christian he said those are the, the they need to pray for everything because God is trying to establish himself in their life so if for all intents purposes I know he's not a Christian you know but you understand what I mean like God is saying okay you you challenge me okay you set the time I'll do it right you he was also yeah. setting him up too. Because as we read along, the last thing that comes through, Pharaoh implemented it all himself. And that's what I can't wait to get to. Like, he's setting him up to make the rules. 
he's letting Pharaoh determine certain In a aspects. lot of these, yeah. And he's letting Pharaoh make decisions, and Pharaoh is not really getting it. It's not clicking. It's not clicking. No. So keep going, Tom. Love it. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said. I, why didn't he just say, like, let's do right it now? now. Right, yeah, <laughs> right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Moses replied, it will be as you say, so that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials and your people, and they will remain only in the Nile. After Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had brought on Pharaoh. And the Lord did just what Moses asked. The, Lord, the frogs died in the houses, in the courtyards, in the fields. They were piled in the heaps, and the land reeked of dead frogs. Oh, that's gross. Oh, but when man. Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. Okay, that's not relief. <laughs> I I know this is saying like okay, so that's relief. Yeah, relief from frogs bouncing all over the place. But now, what what do you guys remember what happened in the fir- in the first plague? At the end of it, what did it say? The fishes boiled up to the surface. Yep, the fishes to the surface. It also used the word. It stunk, and it was just disg- like everything was gross in the entire land. Well, they just made a whole bunch of compost in my book. Right, but. The blood and it stunk, and the dead bodies of the frogs that stunk. And I, it I'm just saying, like, compost. huh? It turned into compost. It, it not instantly. <laughs> yeah, but still, compost. <laughs> it, 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 cra- it cracks me up because I think that the next two plagues that are coming, that they would be praying for the first plague to come back to hey, take Tom, care of the next two. No, I do just, like <laughs> how I do like how the King James said this word here instead of just saying relief. What verse? It, in fifteen. Okay. Uh, it said, and there was a a uh, respite, and saw there was respite. It's not just relief; it was a short-lived relief. So, like you said, it stunk, but there was a real quick short relief. Right before it started stinking. I was going to say, because (laughs) the moment they died, all it takes is a couple hours in the really hot, humid, you know, jungle type region of where they live at this time around the Nile. These heaps of frogs, they're going to start stinking within hours. Right. I used used to live in an area where we were uh, between a swamp and a lake. And at night, you know, not even thinking of like the hopping and the popping and things that occurred when in the night when you couldn't see them and you're just walking around the noise factor when they're in there squealing talking to each other you know when you go out for a walk at night and you're by a body of water you can hear the frogs for a long way you know it's like having a ton of crickets Making all those noises in your house at the in same time. In your bedroom, time. everywhere. <laughs> you know, yeah. In your bedroom, oh, having a front, a, a front row seat orchestra of frogs singing in your house, on your head, yeah, in your oven. Can you imagine a city, right, enthralled with that? Like, ah. Oh. <laughs> you know, it, it would be like cicada, cicada, like times fifty or more. You know, it's just like this is it buzzes in your ears oh. and you just can't get rid of it. It's interesting when we read when you read through 15 and you see Pharaoh's reaction to things, you know. Yes. There's nothing new under the sun. If you read that, you can you can see 
humanity in that modern oh, yeah. humanity yep. that short relief okay i've got this burden i've got this issue going on okay it's over i may have been desperate before i'm not desperate anymore and so now i'm gonna go back to the stance that i had before i had that moment of disparity of i needed crying out for whatever it is to stop and it's really interesting to see somebody that it's very easy for us to disconnect ourselves from these historical figures but you look at humans are humans our humans are humans we still do that even today correct there's no atheist on a plane during turbulence right yeah, exactly. <laughs> right yep. right and then the moment the turbulence is over all the conversations start right back up again. Right. It's, right. Like, it's, it, it's like you said, that, that moment of respite. I love that respite, that, that moment of relief right after we're near. Like, oh, oh, we're fine. It's right. fine. And then yeah, they start good. stinking. And it just starts <laughs> stinking. Yeah. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground. I'm allergic to dust. And throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats. They did this. Hold My, on. Mine Hold says on. lice. I said lice. Lice is much worse yeah, than gnats. Yeah, gnats. I can deal with gnats. Yeah. We have gnats lice. here. Uh -uh. Mine says lice. Too. Yeah, lice. Lice is where it's at, man. That that right there. Don't even come close to gnats. I'll tell you what. <laughs> if if thing gnats is one thing, but if if the dust of the ground all of a sudden turned into gnats in the middle of no, uh uh, I'm okay. done. I'm leaving. <laughs> okay, so let's get let's give this. I, I have a little commentary in mind, so let me give you commentary. Maybe this will help edge the situation the type of insect referred to here is not clear gnats mosquitoes or ticks have been suggested the description of the third plague is the shortest and closest the first cycle of three it is the i'm sorry it is here that the magicians reach their limits skillful tricks and magic cannot produce clouds of annoying insects <laughs> So either way, any yeah. of those, I'm sorry, any of those insects in clouds, like I, it bugs me when I got, no pun intended, it bugs, it me. bugs me when I got like seven of them flying around <laughs> my face and I'm just standing in my grass or mowing my lawn or something like that. Oh, I hate ticks. Oh, ticks would be, oh, if it was a swarm, swarm ticks don't fly T though. Ticks don't fly, but lice Yeah, but they like, joke oh. like no other. Uh, okay, okay, keep going, Tom. Uh. They did this and when Aaron stretched out his hand with the staff and struck the dust of the ground. Gnats came on people and animals. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. When the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret art, they could not. Since the gnats were on people and animals everywhere, the magicians said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not listen, just as the Lord had said. If this is the dust of the land... It sounds like, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like, because it doesn't have like a beginning of the plague and end of the plague in this one. It just says, God told Moses to do this, and poof, all this dust came about, and apparently a big dust storm or something flew through the land, and every ounce of that dust turned into these swarms of insects. Maybe a mixture of all these. We don't. I guess if it's not clear, it's not clear, but there's no closure in this one. It just sounds like a big, a giant swarmy, almost dust cloud of gnats or, or some kind of terrible insect flowed through the land and then it was over. 
It does. It, it does that. What it kind of sounds like to me, because there, there's no beginning, middle, and end in this one. There's no like he goes to Pharaoh, he talks to Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, "Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll relieve the people or let them go." And then his heart is hard. No, it just says it flows through. They couldn't repeat it. They re they couldn't repeat the thing. And then it was that's it. I'll continue on verse twenty. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he goes to the river and say to him." This is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people and into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians will be full of flies. Even the ground will be covered with them. But on that day, I will deal differently with the land of, the, with the land of Goshen. There <clears throat> where my people live, no swarms of flies will be there. So that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign will occur tomorrow. And the Lord said, <clears throat> and the Lord did this. Dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and into the houses of his officials. Throughout Egypt, the land was ruined by flies. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to your God here in the land. But Moses said, that would not be right. The sacrifices we offer the Lord our God would be detestable to the Egyptians. And if we offer sacrifices that are detestable in their eyes, they will not, will they not stone us? We must take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God as he commands us. Pharaoh said, I will let you go offer sacrifices to the, to the Lord your God in the wilderness, but you must not go very far. Now pray for me. Moses answered, As soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord, and tomorrow the flies will leave Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Only let Pharaoh be sure that he does not act deceitfully against again by not letting the people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Then Moses left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord, and the Lord did what Moses asked. The flies left Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Not a fly remained. But this time also Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. We were talking about the gods, right? Of, of Egypt. So this is, and I'm going to chop this name up into pieces, Kahapura, K-H-E-P-R-E-R, and it's the god of resurrection whose symbol was a fly or a scarab or a large beetle. That's that one right there. Hey. That one. So, yeah, that's the one that... So that's the god of resurrection. And that god kind of covers both of these because both of these plagues are very similar. But one was kind of like a, a storm before the storm. And then this one just kind of blew it out of the water here. But... Did you notice that this time Moses gave a warning? Which I thought was quite funny because Pharaoh up until this point, if you think of who he is and what his position is and everything else, and for somebody to actually tell him not to do something. You don't do that. Oh. No. <laughs> that, I tell you what, Moses and Aaron had to have some real courage, man. Like poking the bear. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I, well, think about it. Okay, up to this point, it, just imagine, think of this from Aaron and Moses' perspective, because God is hearing the literal voice of, I'm sorry, Moses is hearing the literal voice of God constantly, giving it to Aaron, 
Aaron is like stretching out the rod, you know, playing golf with a rod, and hitting some dust into the air, and and all of these miracles happening right at their fingertips. I I think up to this point, I think Moses and Aaron are kind of like this is over. It's like having uh, Andre the Giant on your side, and you're wrestling somebody, and you've already seen Andre like clobber the guy sick. Or up to this point, what? What? Two, three, four. Four times. One, yep. two, three. Fourth plague. Yeah. Fourth, fifth plague, technically, if you want to take the first one with the snakes and right. all, all that happened there. So the, the fifth plague or fifth miracle that they've seen happen right at their fingertips, I think they, they've kind of got this mentality that this is over. We're just – we're going through the motions now. This, this is it. God's got this. Their, their faith is there. It's established now. I don't know. It, it gets me excited because I could, I could not imagine – being Moses and Aaron in this, because it just... Yeah, I don't think there's any courage here. I think this is all confidence. Like, they, they, they know. There's no... The, you know, we've talked before about faith. we talked about how uh, the kids... Our, our kids have that, that blind trust in us, and yep. they know that we are stronger than their the neighbor's dad, right? You know, my dad's stronger than yours. You know, and, and this is showing that, like... Every day. Oh, we're gonna make flies today. Okay, this is this is gonna be fun. Right. Not for not for them, but for us. Right. You know, and I, I like that. There's a distinction here with these. Like the magicians, a couldn't do the 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 ticks, lice, gnats one. You know, and then God brought out flies and up the ante and said, "All right, now this is only going to take care of half the land. Goshen is not gonna get touched. In this way, you'll know." Did did Pharaoh like go to Goshen to see, or is this just a understanding? I don't know how far of a journey it was from Egypt to Goshen. It, it was actually it a little distance. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't too far, but it, it was wasn't definitely too far a little ways. Yeah, it's not like the slaves were in Egypt, like in the cities. They were a little ways out. Right, but. and and Joseph did that on purpose. You know, in the beginning, yeah. he he established them there yep. before that reason. He didn't want them involved in in. The middle of Egypt. Yeah, I, I still, it just amazes me how how they just did certain things. And then, oh, I love it. I love it how God does specifics. Like, he gets very specific when he does things in our lives. And, and when it comes to working miracles, he gets very specific in our lives. He has us do certain things. And that makes me think of how specific he can get in taking care of us. You know, we, we, for some reason, we don't have faith enough to say, okay, God's gonna, God's gonna actually fix this problem and he's gonna take care of his people. He will, he'll take care of his people. And if we just have that faith like that, and it's, it's just amazing how he can just simply, oh, no, we'll, we'll let the rest of this happen to these people because they just refuse to listen. But we're going to go ahead and I can imagine Israel at this time going, oh, do it again, do it again, do it again. You know? <laughs> right? Because they're seeing they're seeing their their people that have been enslaving them for several years now, all of a sudden getting getting their dues, I guess you could say, you know, and they're like, oh, my soul, look what's happening to them. Oh, we don't have any. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> right, and, and that's that's the wonder and beauty. And, and that's in verse 22 is where. This is the first part, and that's what we were talking about earlier. Some right. of these plagues hit all of Egypt, and some of the plagues just hit Egypt, if you know what I'm saying, right. and excluded Goshen. Number four, for yeah, number four apparently is the one where God said, because it's very interesting the way it says it here, 
And in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. In other words, it's like he was making a statement at this point. Right. He's God like, was not, trying to point attention. out. Absolutely. And now I'm going to state it so you really pay attention. Because think about it. It's one thing to have, because like the, the blood, let's just go to the blood and the water, the water turned to the blood. It's one thing that everyone is suffering. That's not going to convince Pharaoh that this is the that this is the the God of the Israelites. Absolutely, no. It's this is just something that's happening that can be explained away. But now all of a sudden, all the rest of these plagues that happen, especially the one, especially when we get to darkness, right? It just hey, don't get carried away. Shh, just, not there sorry, yet. sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> especially yep. when we get to these that are in. I'm, I'm going to say impossible miracles to only happen to one spot. Correct. It, it just really shows the power. This of is right. And I'm saying, I love it in our eyes. We can see this from God's view. Ugh, like we're looking yeah. at this from God's view, right? Cause this is, this is Moses writing this, but they're in it. Yeah. Like going through this ground just, wow. level. Right. Yeah. But, look, but right. look also at Pharaoh's perspective. If you are, the, 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 the king that you are the God guy, mm-hmm. he has, Moses coming to him, and it's still on Pharaoh's terms. Right. Every time Pharaoh says, do this, Moses does this. And right now, his heart is hardened because he's calling the shots. Like, okay, that, that, that's fun, but whenever I say stop it, it stops. So, right. <laughs> you know, there's no so power are, been stripped from Are him you yet. saying that Pharaoh still believes he's the one in some modicum of control. Right. And I, I believe that's the hardness of the heart. I think that's pride in the way there saying like, well, look what I just did. I've made Moses pray. And Stop all this. this. You know, just like he commands his magicians to do whatever. So now he's looking at Moses in that same realm. And so God's just keeping up getting more and more specific as he goes along. Right. Wow. So are you saying like now Pharaoh sees Moses as like another magician that can actually do more than his own magicians. Correct. uh, Yep. So so Pharaoh's recruiting him. Right. 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 (laughs) Like how much can you really do? Let's test this theory out. What's the next thing you're going to throw beetles and lice and everything else at me and flies. Can you guys do that? Okay. You're ahead a little bit. All right. Let's try this again. Right. Next one. Yeah. What are you going to do this time? (laughs) Yeah. Because every time we read it, it's never like, Pharaoh pleads, you know, Pharaoh, this Pharaoh says, Pharaoh says, tomorrow, stop this tomorrow, right. you know, and he, he's probably doing it in that whole, I'm telling you what to do, I'm the king, you know, not from a, I'm, I'm timid here, and I, I hope that you would take this away from my people, he's well, demanding. Well, it was a, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a agreement situation, he was, they were going into a situation going, okay, okay. I want this out of the deal. You want this out of the deal. Well, I'm not going to give you that for that price. Let's up the ante. Okay. No. Well, I'm going to do this then. Well, no, no, no. Let's 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 uh, I take that away. Let's do this. You know. And it just kept going back and forth and back and forth. And and again, like you were saying, Pharaoh was retaining that power of of I have a position and I'm not going to let you go until I say they can go and you're not going to tell me what to do. And no, stop that plague. Let's. What else do you got? That didn't affect me. Let's go to the next one. You and know, you're, you, nah, that wasn't enough. One last, like, uh, or just one, one more comment, I guess, on this is I find it interesting that Pharaoh 
once again, pulling, pulling the shots, right? Being the, oh, I'm the guy, right? He says, he doesn't say, go and sa- you go and sacrifice, da, da, da. No, he says, okay, go and sacrifice to your God in my land, like in this land. Right. And then obviously there's this comment that Moses says and says, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that because, and, and this is kind of a did you know, the animals that God deemed as clean animals for them to sacrifice. Right. We're not allowed to be sacrificed as sacrifices. Oh, yeah. Egypt would in have been, Egypt, right? Yeah, they would have been in an. Uproar. And I, I find that uh, I wish Susanna was here. Susanna usually comments on how Egypt is typically considered a um, in a symbol of sin or wilderness or you know like that type of symbolism in Scripture. Egypt considered the things that God considered clean to be sacrificial for the forgiveness of sin, they considered an abomination, the complete flip right. of what God established all the way back in creation. Because I don't know if you guys remember in the New Testament, it says, um, John the Baptist said, behold, the lamb of God that was slain at the foundation of the earth. He was talking about way when Adam and Eve sinned. Correct. Right. You know, about the forgiveness of sin. That was established way back then. So I'm sure the devil knew that these type of animals were the clean animals that can be sacrificed for the forgiveness and sin. And now he established in, I'll say, his country, Satan's country or the sinful country. The sim- I'm saying symbolism, you know what I mean? Uh, that they would consider it something bad. The interesting part, too, is we talked about the kingdom. And twice, Egypt was used as, as sanctuary for God's people. Right. right. Two times. That's right. Yeah. Actually, if you want to say Jesus was too. This was this was great. Joe, would you like to lead us out in a word of prayer, man? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Father God, I thank you for this time, this ability that you've given us to come together, to be able to comb over your word and to just really understand the the depth and width of your power and your goodness father i thank you for who and what you are and i pray a blessing over anybody listening that their hearts are open to hearing of the goodness and the power of you father i thank you in jesus name amen amen Amen. well this has been justin this is tom this has been Sully. this has been mike this has been joe thanks for coming out guys we will see you next week Now listen, just because this is the end of the episode doesn't mean it's the end of the conversation. You can find Biblical Chili on almost any social media outlet. Also, each week, Biblical Chili goes live on YouTube. And if you're not a big fan of YouTube, just search for Biblical Chili anywhere and I'm sure you'll be able to find us. Or just go to BiblicalChili.com. We also want to make sure we give a shout out to one of our co-hosts, Joe who's a host on BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Now until we meet again, remember, be part of the conversation. Goodbye. Verse 16. And then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and... St- <laughs> and that. cut. <laughs> <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Try that again, Tom. Just not the sneezing part. Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you. <laughs>